Hello there and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's Chris from Lace Partners once again, delivering you another podcast, which again has a, a special introduction, mainly because this is another one of the uh, many podcasts that we actually recorded pre-COVID, pre-lockdown. And this was a podcast with Steve Othan, who is Senior HR Business Partner at Product Madness, which is a gaming organisation based in London. I sat down with Steve and had a chat about his experience in HR. We had a really, really interesting conversation about how HR is often viewed as perhaps being a little bit more transactional, um, but also that they need to get the blend right between the transactional and the strategic side. And this being the HR on the Offensive podcast, it's obviously part of the white paper uh, that we uh, wrote in 2019. So we talked about... Um, you know, the role of the, the transactional, the people consultant type stuff briefly, we touched on that. But we also then went into line management capability and having been a line manager, not working in HR, plus heading up a HR team, Steve has got an interesting insight of both sides of the fences, if you like. So he takes a, a viewpoint that is uh, is quite, quite an interesting one and I thought it's certainly worth bringing it to you today. Uh, I won't talk too much about the things that we talked about. We talked about things like um, HR being seen as the uh, the police of the business and how to avoid that, but we'll, uh, we'll hand over to myself again and Steve and uh, talk to you about uh, product madness and how uh, how they operate in the current world. So hope you enjoy the uh, podcast and please do like, subscribe and all of that lovely stuff uh, and write nice things in uh, in comment sections um, on the various channels where you get your podcasts. But here is the latest HR on the Offensive podcast uh, with Steve Otham from Product Madness. Hello, it's Chris Howard here from Lace Partners, and I'm joined on the HR and the Offensive podcast today by Steve Othan from Product Madness. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Chris. Steve, please. Steve, please. Um, I can call you Steve, I can call you Stephen, <laughs> because obviously we knew each other in a past life working for a previous organisation. But I wanted to grab you today, just talk for a little bit around um, just a few topics around HR more than anything else. Um, but before I go into any detail, um, if you can just give us a little bit of a background on yourself and then a little bit on product madness as well. You can do it whatever way around you, you can like. You can do product madness first or you can do you first. Sure. So my current position is senior HR business partner at Product Madness. We are a mobile games developer and publisher based in the UK. We also have offices in Lviv and work um, alongside our parent company, Aristocrat, worldwide really. Um, in terms of prior to that, as you mentioned, we've worked together at the REC. Um, so I was head of HR there um, for a period of time. Um, I was at the REC for about 15 years doing various forever. different roles. You were forever. There forever. <laughs> yeah, forever. <laughs> um, and prior to that, I actually come from the recruitment industry, yeah. um, where, again, we worked with the same organization without knowing. I worked at Brook Street, part of Manpower Group. I also chair the uh, Appointments and Remuneration Committee for the Chartered Institute of Environmental Health. Talk to me a little bit about uh, your your HR career so far, because you've, you've obviously got lots of history, lots of experience from the recruitment side. But what I'm interested to do is just to find out a little bit about you. Um, you can start from, I guess, it, it, would you say where, would you say it's the REC is where you really sort of started to find your, your HR 
footing and some of the biggest challenges that you've come across and um, maybe we'll touch on some of the stuff that are in our HR and the offensive white paper but I suspect there might be some common themes that come up but yeah just start us off with the HR side. Sure um, I mean if you exclude the recruitment element of my career yes uh, REC was definitely where I first got my foot into the HR door so to speak. I do remember and I've written about this before kind of working at a supermarket Tesco when I was at college yeah. and being intrigued by what was then called the personnel office. The personnel uh, office, yeah. yeah, I've heard that from I a think of uh, if I knew then what I know now about, you know, personnel and the history of HR, I maybe wouldn't have been so intrigued. Definitely glad to end up in, in this wonderful industry. Okay, and let's talk about challenges then. Can you, what have been some of the biggest challenges and what have been some of the biggest uh, rewarding features of your, your career so far in HR? I think one of the challenges that's often faced, and I think it really depends on your viewpoint. Sometimes HR, what people say about us or the opinion that people have is the kind of the knowledge of the business, the knowledge of the understanding, the empathy that you can have. Yeah. Um, and I think that's in, in my career where I haven't been in HR, you know, literally grad HR all the way through. I've been um, a line manager, so to speak. I've run various different different departments before HR. I think sometimes it can be a challenge to understand the other side of things. So HR in some organisations can be quite prescriptive. Yeah. which can then be a challenge to get your ideas across. Whereas actually, instead of going into solution, solution, solution mode, we should actually be more looking at the diagnosis and what the organisation needs at that time. Yeah. Do you think there are too many people in HR that almost reach that, that ceiling then that they just look around, they don't, they just look around at what else other people are doing and they don't? Maybe. I think it'd be unfair to give that blanket approach. I'm sure there's some really fantastic people that have only ever worked in HR. But I think it's about that mindset of looking um, not just outside your organisation, but outside your department and your, your viewpoint and trying to understand if, if things aren't getting done, why aren't they getting done? Rather than, you know, we want to try and get rid of this kind of HR as the police, HR as the boring. Yeah. You know, that, that's always talked about so much. Over and over again, I hear that. Yeah. Yet, We'll talk about it, and then the next day we're going, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? Here's a new policy. Yeah, so so there's something in that, which actually we get that in marketing as well from a brand police perspective. It's the, you're just, you're just policing, you're just telling people to colour inside the lines. Um, ha, ha, ha. But the reality is, is that that's only one part of the job, isn't it? And, and I think, again, we touch on this in the HR on the offensive report, the idea of, you know, the people consultant versus the transactional line manager stuff. And I think, do, or do you think that, that there are lots of people in HR, there's lots of HR teams that are guilty of just getting too bogged down in that transactional approach? I think if we look at it from a wide perspective, we're, we're guilty of everything, guilty as charged. We're guilty of saying, right, let's get rid of that transactional stuff and focus in too much on trying to be strategic, whereas actually that transactional stuff is still very important, right? We can be doing all this wonderful stuff across the organisation, but if people aren't getting paid at the right time on the right day, nobody's going to care. Everyone is going to walk out. Um, but at the same time, guilty as charged, we can be too transactional and not focus enough on the strategic things. Yeah. So what about you in your time at REC and I guess also Product Madness? Do you think you have 
fallen foul of, you know, getting too involved in some of the transactional stuff? You know, what direction are we going in terms of our people strategy as a business? How much of that do you get involved with here at Product Madness, for example? I think at the REC, I was very lucky to be able to get involved in absolutely everything. You know, it's a, it's a small organisation of literally like 80 people. I think at the most at one time. Um, so you have to be involved in the transactional stuff and you have to be involved in you know, talking to the leadership team about where are we going, uh, what's the business plan for the organisation and what skills do we need to be able to implement that business plan. Have I fallen foul of certain things? Yes. I think we're all human, of course. Yes. You know, Without a doubt, I've fallen foul of being too much of one thing and not enough of the other. Yeah. Is there any other stuff that you want to touch on? Yeah, I think um, you know we talk about challenges. And again, if we talk about challenges it's from a business perspective that sometimes we're asked to, to kind of look at, I'm trying to avoid the word fix, but we're asked, we're asked to look at is line management capability. Yeah. Because I think especially middle managers have a really difficult job. We literally expect these people to be superhuman. Yeah. A lot of the time they're still having to do the technical day job. They then get promoted because they're so good at being that technical expert. And we then say, we're not going to give you any extra time. We're going to give you a bit of extra money, but we're not going to give you any extra time. You now have to look after these other 5, 10, 15 people. You have to do their appraisals by this date. You have to look at their, their skills yeah. and upskilling them. You know, if something goes wrong, it's your fault. So yeah. um, also if the business is changing, they're expecting to be the people who are, you know, living and breathing that change and communicating that change. So you throw all of that together and we're actually asking quite a lot of, of that particular individual population. And usually they're not given the, the skills and development to do that. And often there's so many businesses that just don't think about that as part of the career development path, is there? I mean, I was talking to um, a mate of mine in the pub last week about he works in the charity sector. And there is a company that he works for. And um, they have got somebody who's worked, uh, his boss, who's worked at the company for about seven or eight years, I think it is. She's in a late 20s, early 30s, and he's having some challenges with her at the moment. But we actually got into a really, really good debate because it wasn't about her as a person. We actually started talking about she's had absolutely no investment in her mm. and her development to sort of manage people. She's effectively just sort of being promoted because she was good at her job. And this happens in recruitment. Like you and I know this. This happens in recruitment a lot. People are good at their job and they just get promoted and promoted and promoted. And it's almost the question is, you know, nobody's ever asked the question, do they are they are they suitable to be you know line managers and to be successful line managers? Yeah, and I think it's one of the things that we are looking at as a business now. So we've started looking at kind of career paths for all individuals across product madness, and part of that is do you want to be a manager? Um, because as you've touched on, being a manager doesn't necessarily mean you're the best at that technical aspect, but you might have some of the what you would describe as softer skills, which are actually the harder skills, mm -hmm. you know, things you can't necessarily as easily train or as easily teach. So we have two routes. Either you can go down as what we call an individual contributor, which means you become an expert in your field and we continue developing you in your field. Um, you might change teams, you might, you know, but, but you aren't a manager or you go down a manager route. And what we're looking at at the moment is kind of breaking our managers into different pools in terms of the development that they need. So are you a potential manager? Because we want to build that, that funnel and that, that pipeline as well. And what development do you need? And how are we going to provide that for you? Are you a new manager? So somebody with a bit of experience, but again, what development do you need? Are you somebody who's been a manager for a long time? And if so, what development have you had? And then you need to look at the, you know, all the way up to the exec and the leadership team and what development do they need? Yeah. You know, I think all areas need to be 
looked at and that needs to be a continuous conversation you can't just have that conversation once try and deal with it and forget about it and actually I know it gets a bad rap um, and rightly so in some perspectives but we're also looking at how we can use our apprenticeship levy to to fix some of that stuff yeah so this is the other thing that I think is quite interesting actually um, I think culture plays an important part in that I'm going to let you do a little bit of a product manager's plug if you want to um, <laughs> and talk about your culture but if there isn't again I go back to this conversation I had with my friend um, it doesn't sound to me like there's that culture of wanting to invest or maybe even the organization just doesn't realize the potential long-term significant damage that it does if it doesn't invest in people giving people the training to be successful line managers um, Talk to me about your culture in Product Madness and why some of these programs that you've got is working or is it is this a new thing that you're starting to implement or is this something you've already implemented? So it's a new thing. We're, we're literally in the, we're almost at the point of launch. So again, rather than just rolling something out, one of the first things I did here was to, you know, have various discussions around the organisation to talk about diagnosis, what's actually needed across the organisation. The organisation has been around for some time, but it's still very much fantastically feels like a startup very entrepreneurial um, but two years ago there was no HR um, so my boss was the first HR appointment into the organization so we're retrospectively having to go back and mm -hmm. fix some of those things that, that have maybe haven't been put into place and then also moving forward you know how, how do we fix some of fix some of the things for the future in terms of the the culture yes without a doubt especially I mean I'm sure every organization would say especially them but Technology, you know, we are a tech-based organisation. We are employing developers who could go and work for any other tech business. Um, even in the games industry, you know, games and video games in the UK is actually quite a big um, industry in the UK. So we have to be a cool place to work, right? We, you know, it doesn't. We we can't be that organisation that people can't wait to leave. And we want to continue building that, you know, we want to be, have the best managers, we want to have the best culture, we want to have the best benefits and we will continue moving that forward. But we can't decide what that means and what that is. We have to ask the people what that means and what that is. Yeah, I think that's a really, really important thing. Um, and and a, I think the key thing for any successful culture is listening to your own organisation and the people within your organisation. It's all very well to say that. It's all very well to have... I don't know, employee engagement, survey monkey plans that you can send out, you know, once a quarter or once every six months, unless the, the organisation from the top down is willing to embrace that, embrace the, the advice of its people and take on some of the appropriate um, kind of suggestions from within the organisation. And you have to, I guess from a HR perspective, you have to be the facilitators of structuring that properly too. Yeah, and I think it's to do with data, I think. Yeah. You know, a lot of the time you hear the word data and you think numbers, but actually data can be walking down the office and see how people are interacting with each other. You know, that is a data point. Um, you know, how many um, people are leaving the organisation at a certain point? Yes, that is a number, but you can go deeper into that, that data point. And I think whilst HR is starting um, to talk about data, I'm not sure really we're using it. Like mm. it should be used. And I'm, I'm guilty of this. Then. Do you think, it, like from a HR perspective, do you think um, the accurate usage of data to evidence your um, strategic sort of input is still relatively in its infancy from a HR perspective? Yeah, I think data, maybe not so. Insights, I would say yes. Okay. I would say HR produces, or certainly from from my uh, limited. Um, knowledge so far in my career is that data is created data is provided but it's literally here is the data 
And interpreting it. Not interpreting, this is what it means, this is um, why it's happened, and this is what we plan to do with it. Mm. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about um, before we uh, wrap up today's lovely podcast? I would say one of the things that we forget about, still talk about in some of the circles that I discuss, is our own development. As HR professionals, I've mentioned we expect line managers to be superheroes, so to speak, in certain situations. But in HR, we're dealing with so many different things every day, and that's what keeps it interesting. So I could come in one day and actually somebody asks for five minutes of your time and they could be actually unburdening themselves of something quite huge that's happening within their life. That can even have an impact on you, your own mental health, etc. and you need to be able to deal with that. The next day you could be talking about the organisation's plan to move forward, the structure, the skills required, or you could be literally inputting somebody into the workday system, whatever system you're using. So, you know, it is, it is really different. You could be talking about budgets and we, we often forget about our own development. And when we do look at our own development, again, we look at the technical stuff. We look yeah. at simply HR, HR things. And I think if I could give any advice to anyone who's looking um, at their own development, the best thing that I ever did in terms of courses or programs, if you like, was OD. And I don't mean org design, I mean org development. So I did, uh, it was called the Global NTL Organization Development Program. And it was absolutely fantastic because it does go into one, looking at you, you know, who am I? Self-awareness and really understanding yourself. I thought I had a good hand on that until I went to that course and then realized I really didn't. <laughs> Did it um, break down a few barriers? Yes, yes, without a doubt. And, you know, just how you come across your, you know, we talk about biases all the time. And again, I thought I had a good understanding of that. We did an exercise in a room on one of the days, which is, you know, how comfortable are you talking about um, certain things in diversity inclusion? So one of the issues were how comfortable are you talking about race? And I would, I would stand near the front of the room. And then actually you start to explore it and you explore it from other people's perspectives. And we, we did this thing called a tea group, which I would really recommend having a look at. And by the end of the week, I was towards the back of the room. And that is actually a step forward. It feels like you've, you've gone backwards, but actually it's a step forward because you really start to understand yourself. And I think the other big takeaway that I took away, takeaway that I took away. <laughs> Don't take away all those takeaways. The other big takeaway was standing in the middle of a room and we had various flip charts around uh, and it was coaching, it was executive development, it was org design, all this bigger kind of uh, strategic things that we get involved in nature and it was really that point that I was the real awakening of I am where I need to be this is the stuff that really interests me this is the the other stuff that gets me out of bed in the morning so whilst I've mentioned that some of the foundational stuff in HR the foundations that we need to build the operational things the day-to-day is important it's not necessarily what interests me mm. and I think it's about finding what does interest you we still need the people that do find that interesting to go and do that role but for me it was really about understanding that and the big part of that was the diagnosis element mm. in HR what yeah. does your organisation need not just what is everybody doing that works for them yeah no that's a really really good point just before we wrap up have you got anything exciting that you're working on in the next six to twelve months that you want to share so not just me but the wider team we're working on some what i would consider really interesting projects at the moment so i've already mentioned the kind of talent mapping internally mm-hmm. management capability and and how we can help influence their development their careers across the business but then we're also looking at making sure we can add as much value to the business as possible so we've, we've spoken about some of the transactional stuff that you have to do as i've mentioned but it's about how you do that 
So some of the things that we're working at is how you can automate some of those processes without losing the personal touch. Mm. So you don't, don't take the human out. Don't human take resource. the human without, outside of uh, human resources, without a doubt. Especially in terms of you know onboarding, when somebody's joining the organisation, they're excited, and we want to automate the hell out of that without a doubt. But at the same time, we want to make sure that they're speaking to somebody inside the organisation who can keep that excitement going before they join. Brilliant. Well, Steve, thank you very much. It's been absolutely brilliant and a pleasure as always to talk to you. Um, if you would like to listen to any of the other podcasts that we've got, you can uh, get them where you get your podcast listening. Um, so that's uh, iTunes and all the other places that you can go. But I've been Chris Howard from Lace Partners and you've been Steve Othen from Product Madness. And this is the HR on the Offensive podcast and uh, look forward to speaking to you all next time. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Chris.